everybody. Welcome back to the Nerd Nest Podcast. We have the whole band back together today, except for Carrie, who said he's going to show up a little late. And uh, Bob decided that he would join us until Carrie shows up, at least. So uh, <laughs> down below me, we've got then Bob from the Wolf Den. Yeah, he's, he's like, he doesn't want to. They might be the same guy, actually. I was going to say, I've They're never seen them both in New York, the same right? place. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so down below me, we've got Bob from the Wolf Den. Bob, uh, what, what, what's some of your most recent videos or the next video that you're working on? Oh, God. Uh, last week I did a video on the PlayStation Remote Play. Uh, and the next one I'm working on is... Oh, I don't have it right here. It's the 8-bit do mod for the N64 controller that makes it work for the Switch. So you take an old N64 controller, you put a new board in it, and all of a sudden it works for the Switch. So that'll come nice. out on Thursday. Oh, that's awesome. So that's awesome. Uh, so then you don't have to buy the one that's never available from Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That one's 50 bucks and it's kind of it's kind of nice, but you need a Nintendo Switch online subscription to even buy it mm -hmm. and it's never mm -hmm. available. This is a $30 kit plus you need a controller. So it ends up being like kind of around the same price. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. If you got a controller, then it's a very easy mod to do. Nice. Good. Uh, Rich, what's uh, your latest video or your next video that you're working on? Yeah. Thanks, by the way, to Emilio, who complimented my shirt. <laughs> so I'll take that. <laughs> um, yeah, my last video is uh, just another news roundup. I kind of intro with like the handheld wars that we're going through right now. And I just talked through what's new with Steam Deck. Like Decky Loader got a new plugin, uh, got a new update. So now you can update all plugins at once. I thought that was pretty cool. And I also talk about NextFest a bit. So, yeah, fun episode. All right. And we'll be talking a little bit about NextFest today if we have time later on. Kyle, what have you been working on, man? Uh, I haven't done anything for a little bit, but I'm starting to work on a video where I test a whole bunch of different uh, or every uh, SSD option for the Steam Deck and seeing performance implications and how it affects load times and everything. Oh, awesome. That sounds really nice. cool. I still have yet mm -hmm. to upgrade the SSD in my Steam Deck. That's something that I'd like to do, but I haven't like I haven't decided to spend that money yet. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to watching that video before I spend my money. Russ, what have you been working on? I know you got a lot of pans in the fire right now. I have so many devices to review. And it's weird. I have so many that I like causes me to burn out. So I have to work on other stuff just to like get through the rest. So I did a Pimax Portal video. That was the most recent one. And that's like an Android handheld that has VR capabilities. And uh, yeah, so I did a video on that. And then I'm working on a couple others right now. I'm going to do a mini PC review first and then probably the INEO 2S next. Awesome. Looking forward to that. All right. So if you guys don't know, this is the Nerd Nest podcast. Each week we sit down, we talk about uh, gaming news. We talk about the games that we've been playing uh, today. In addition to talking about the gaming news, we're going to talk about what we feel like is the best handheld experience, because there's a lot of different experiences out there. Uh, we've got Android as an experience. We have Windows as an experience, and we have uh, Linux, and I'm sure that there's a bunch of others. And a lot of us do a lot of handheld stuff. Uh, so I figured this was a this was a, an idea that Russ came up with, and I figured that's a really great idea. Uh, so uh, let's let's start off the show with with that. What is the best handheld experience so far for you, and why? Rich, I'm going to start off with you. Um, you you started to get into more 
handhelds and, and having um, a, a bunch of different stuff uh, that's not uh, just Linux. H- how are you feeling about like which one's your favorite these days? Hmm. My favorite might still be the Steam Deck. So the iNeo 2S is creeping up for me. Uh, I'm still in the middle of that review. It's got really good performance. I already really like the iNeo 2 form factor, but my thoughts on this are really like that. My favorite is just x86 in general, even though I think it's like the worst, like in terms of like performance for like specifically emulation, it's really, really bad. But what I like about x86 is that it has everything, right? Like I can play my PC games, I can emulate old stuff. So the user experience is not great, although Steam Deck brings it up to sort of manageable, Mm -hmm. but the, the fact that I can play anything at any time is what just brings me to x86 that's that's why i haven't really gotten into like android emulation very deeply i haven't gotten into just dedicated retro devices because i also want to play my pc games at the same time yeah so you you're saying you don't want to have a dedicated device for emulation you want to have one thing one you know one item to rule them all essentially yes absolutely where do you land on that, Bob? Do you, are you do you like to have your devices separated for as unitaskers, or do you want to have like one thing that does it all? I mean, if I wasn't doing this for like YouTube, mm-hmm. I would probably want one thing that does everything. And I think the Steam Deck is the all-encompassing device. But because I buy a device, make a video on it, and then it goes on the shelf, I end up having s- specific devices for different use cases. So I do think that the Steam Deck is like the guy. That's like the 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 perfect one. It does emulation great. It it plays most of the PC games that I would want to play pretty much perfect. It it's it's easy to just pick up and just get something going. But I've also been really liking Android devices. For some reason, I'm drawn to uh the how easy it is to tweak certain emulation settings in Android, how easy it is to use different uh, uh, emulator apps, how easy it is to get a front end going on Android. And I think I just really like the form factor of Android devices versus the form factor of a giant Steam Deck. So uh, yeah, I like the Steam Deck as a device, but I also like Android as, as a little bit. We're back. And we're back. Yeah. For <laughs> everybody who that. is watching this and stuck through it through the beginning, I apologize for the technical difficulties. My computer couldn't handle all of the greatness that is on the screen, so it died. But that's okay. We're going to continue. I think I may have a solution at this point. Kyle, you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying uh, I prefer uh, Linux over Android. I like them both. Um, I prefer Linux because it's very customizable and it's much thinner than Windows. And you can kind of uh, bend it to your will for like an OEM as like a... Uh, as Valve did for the Steam Deck. So it's a whole experience rather than like icing on a cake that is Windows. Okay. And Russ, you have a million handhelds at, at your <laughs> beck do. and call all the time. What, 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 which operating system is the one that you're like, well, I really hope this one comes with this operating system. Yeah, it's really hard because um, none of them are perfect or even close to it. You know, like they're, each one has its like, great strengths and weaknesses. So like Windows, yeah, I can play everything, but setting it up uh, takes a while. And even then, like you, you'll you never get to the point where you don't re- are constantly reminded that you're on a Windows machine, right? It's very hard to get to that point. 
Uh, but meanwhile, you know, something like SteamOS is amazing. Uh, it just does all the backend work for you, which is kind of great. Um, but at the same time, you know, you can't play every little thing and, and whatnot. You know, implementing uh, other kind of formats can be kind of a pain, you know, trying to get like specific, like playing Destiny 2 on a Steam Deck, you know, things like that. Uh, but then Android is like, you know, it's got all the battery saving issues and stuff, you know, like it's so efficient, but also like I can't, you know, play a Wii U game on it. It doesn't have an emulator for that, you know, things like that. So I don't know. I, I think I would probably just go with Windows, accepting the fact that it just causes a lot of extra work and whatnot. But once you get it tweaked, like it, it can be pretty great of an experience. You know, I wish that the custom Linux firmwares, you know, things like Botticera and Jealous and things like that. I wish they were just a little bit more robust and it probably is just going to take time. Like, for example, Botticera doesn't have TDP controls on it. So it's great that you can like boot, you know, Botticera into the Steam Deck, but your power is going to be all over the place. And so things like that just kind of hold it back as well. And no perfect solution, but Windows at least gives you the tools that you need. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. So for me, uh, like I like my first PC handheld was the Steam Deck. And I was really nervous about it because it was Linux. And I haven't used Linux since like 1999. It was a really long time. Uh, and I expected that to be a really bad experience. And it wasn't. It was awesome. It was very console-like. And as somebody who um, just I don't have time to screw around with fighting with an operating system, I was very, very pleasantly surprised at how well SteamOS works. Notice I'm saying SteamOS, not Linux, even though SteamOS is Linux. It's just because I'm not going into desktop mode very often. Um, so when they announced the ROG Ally and I got that and I was like, okay, it's going to have Windows. I've used Windows for a million years, but oh my God, like just setting it up without a mouse and keyboard is an absolute nightmare. And I know that we were talking, Russ, and you were like, well, I just get out of mouse and keyboard when I set it up. And I was like, well, I, you know, you shouldn't have to do that. And we had the rumors that Microsoft was working on a handheld first um, UI for Windows. Do you, like, I know that that was part of Code Jam, do we think that that's something that we'll actually see happen in the near future? What do you think, Rich? I think if handhelds like Ally and other OEMs come into the scene, I think they, they're going to have to. That's the thing. I think that a lot of people will, a lot of people that are really big fans of the Steam Deck, they see the Steam Deck and they're like, Windows has no chance of doing that. And I'm not quite that extreme. I think that like they Microsoft can make it work if they actually tried. They haven't tried to make a 
handheld or yeah, let's say a handheld or big screen interface for their operating system. I think that there are other things that to take into account that will never get it possibly to where SteamOS is. But overall, I think that they can do a lot better than what they're doing today if they actually tried. And I think they will. See, my confidence level in that um, dropped significantly after I got my hands on the Ally because like they were at the, the announcement. Uh, they were in that fake interview talking about stuff. And then <laughs> like the, like I loaded up game pass and I tried to install Forza, uh, horizon five. And every time I go to start the game, it just crashes. Like, I can't believe that Microsoft had such a hand in this device, or at least it seemed like it. And I can't even launch a game pass game. And people right. were like leaving messages in, in my community discord and they were like, Oh, you got to reset your time and then uninstall the Xbox app and then reset the Xbox app and redownload the Xbox app and then change your time zone. So it doesn't automatically, you got to do 48 steps. And I was like, right. That's crazy to me. Um, uh, Carrie, do you, do you think that Microsoft is going to get in and, and, and make a, a handheld first experience here? Uh, so, all right, there's a bunch to unpack here. So I'm going to try to brief, just go through it as fast as I can. There's a lot to kind of uh, understand what's going on with a lot of handheld PCs. Many of them, including the Steam Deck, use portrait-based displays. I don't think Windows has any real care in the world to support these bespoke kind of instances, Steam Deck being the largest install base of any type of handheld that has a portrait-based display. This presents problems for how the keyboard is getting stretched out after the rotation happens because it's still kind of understanding that it's a portrait-based display, which has a worse overall virtual uh, keyboard. So that's one issue. And I don't know if Microsoft will actually care, especially because the Ally is a native landscape uh, screen. So mm -hmm. I think Microsoft would rather just say, no, you guys need to use landscape screens and we don't need to be doing this type of stuff. However, the UX and other stuff they do need to work on. The Xbox app does have issues, but at the, on the same token, there's a lot of people that really just have this Windows is bloated. And uh, generally speaking, that's not true. Um, there are PCs that people buy that has a bunch of crap installed on oh, it. Yeah. But that that's not Windows. That's crap installed on top of Windows. And there is telemetry and other stuff that you're doing in there. But there's a lot of people that just aren't looking at any particular settings when they look at debloating scripts and they just fire and forget and like kill off windows update, kill windows firewall. They're killing all these services that they might not need, but guess what? Xbox app kind of needs those to be running. Those are dependencies. And the problem is, is that Microsoft does a very poor job explaining that to the user. So when you click on something and nothing happens, there's no real log or anything or anything that flashes inside your uh, face that's like, you have this disabled, you have this disabled, please enable those things if you want to use the Xbox apps to any degree. Uh, so mm -hmm. there's, you know, the thing about date time stuff, that's just standard cryptography. Like that stuff needs, if you just make your date time wrong and go to any web page, you're going to get flashed in the face that security is not working. So that's just part and parcel with the whole kit and caboodle. So there's like things that we need to kind of like unpack here that there is this standard belief that Windows is bloated. And I'm not saying that it can't be better, but there are ways to look at this and make sure that what you're trying to run and you're not trying to have something run in the background while a game is running because that will actually uh, impact performance in so, insofar as taking away performance to any particular degree where you're trying to be as efficient as possible. Uh, Linux does a much better job of this because you can be very, very granular with what you're looking to do. SteamOS does a very much uh, way better job of this. I'm not going to contend that SteamOS is just as good, but uh, it, there is this large degree where it's just, well, Windows is bloated and it's kind of this like 
dismissive thing that everyone just instantly says that I uh, fundamentally disagree with. Uh, so those are like uh, things that they have to fundamentally make better. The Xbox app itself might need to just be th thrown away. Uh, or if the Microsoft Blizzard Activision thing comes to pass, they should adopt Battle.net as their launcher. I don't know. I do agree that it's not good because they try to do a lot of things there. Uh, how they do it is like kind of counterintuitive when you're creating virtual uh, storage repositories for games to load in. They're actually actually device files that are opening up, so there'll be extra storage. Uh, and that's not very intuitive. And people don't know to go there like, oh, I can't uninstall this game. This thing is just always taking up space. And it's like, well, you just go into Device Manager and just delete that. But no one... I agree that's a bad user experience. So there are things that they need to like come to grips with, and that might be just a giant bu bureaucratic problem rather than a software problem uh, because of the teams that are involved in like ha who says what, and there's key stakeholders that want to do certain things. So that whole thing, uh, just to kind of like sum up this whole thing of what I was just saying is, I don't know if they'll do it. I think they should, but that's a, uh, it's, I don't think it's a technical problem that is the hurdle. It is rather the bureaucratic hurdle that they would need to cross. I never really felt like Windows is bloated if you just installed like the demo, like not the demo, the default stuff, but their UI on a handheld is hot garbage on a stick. It, it is oh, a yeah. really bad experience. Bob, yeah, tablet mode on Windows is bad. You, you loving Windows on your ROG Ally? I know you got one because I saw it in one of your videos recently. Yeah, the ROG Ally is my favorite Windows experience that I've had so far and i haven't really dabbled too much in in that many different windows handhelds uh mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's the ui that's the issue like it's it's not meant for a touch screen or or a small device at all getting the getting a windows handheld and turning it off for the first time yeah you got to plug in a keyboard and mouse and stuff in order to do all the stuff that you want to do you want to you don't want just a windows desktop you 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 want to download some games and stuff and that's gonna require all these different launchers none of the launchers are set up for a uh, handheld experience you're gonna need a mouse it's much easier with a keyboard too because you're gonna need to type in your email and password for all these different launchers and stuff mm -hmm. um so that's the thing that needs to be streamlined is is, is the ui experience and i I've been saying for years it would be so great if there was some sort of Xbox handheld out there. But the way that Microsoft operates, they kind of just let other people make hardware for their software. So yeah. they're doing that now. And I think it would make the most sense for them to just uh, make a better like launcher or, or like a better UI for Windows that just works with... Uh, all these handhelds that are coming out. And I think it's on Microsoft's radar. I think that it's, uh, I mean, we saw the leak of, of the pitch, the internal pitch that mm -hmm. you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. um, I for sure think that's something that could make it into the pipeline in the future, especially with the, with the, how popular the steam deck is and stuff. Um, so I think that's coming. It just will probably be a while until it makes it to, to the public, but that will open up a lot of doors for, a lot more windows handheld stuff i think a lot more people will uh be interested in game pass getting uh you won't actually need an xbox to enjoy uh xbox stuff you can just have a handheld yep. like this and then get game yeah. pass and then just download whatever you want assuming that game pass is more streamlined because you said you were having problems with game pass <laughs> <laughs> and Bob, yeah, there's you a said lot of problems 
you said the ally and you like it better than the INEO and you also had it like pretty they you had them pretty far apart on the jank spectrum oh yeah about that yeah tell me about that tell me about that okay so part of it's it's very hard to like remove myself a little bit because the uh reviewers got the rog ally already set up and that made it feel less janky than it probably is um but I kind of liked the Asus launcher that they had, the Armory Crate. Uh, when I yeah. first previewed it at uh, at an event like a month before the Ally like came out, um, it was a little buggy and broken and weird. Like I, I liked the idea of the Armory Crate launcher. Once you turn the device on, it loads up a Steam Deck-like interface, which has like tiles for all of your games. You click on one and it opens it. But it was slow and weird. Um, now it's a lot better. And... Steam big picture mode now is basically just a Steam Deck. So mm -hmm. a lot about it has been way more streamlined. The 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 front end on the uh the INEO is hot garbage that thing sucks. <laughs> and and it yep. and it doesn't like recognize games the way that it should. It it's it's bad. So that's yep. part of why the INEO gets so far at the low end of the jank spectrum. Like I it. really like on Armory Crate, since you brought it up, Bob, I really like how, it, I don't remember which tab it's under, I think it's the one all the way to the right, where they have the other stores. And so if you're like, oh, I want to install, like, well, I think Steam's pre-installed, but if you want to install, like, um, what's the? GOG. Yeah, the GOG, GOG or one of those. Certain. You just go over there, push a button, it automatically goes to the website and tries to download it for you. Like, they definitely did what they could but yeah. microsoft like not microsoft but windows is still kind of uh getting in the way i think a little bit what do you think about armory crate ross so i think it's the closest that we have to windows big picture mode which i think is exactly what i, I really want to see you know and so it has dedicated buttons on the rog ally to bring those things up which is again like super awesome right and so you can bring up the left slider to be able to make your quick changes but then also the right one to bring up armory crate itself and so i really do appreciate that and i think that's the problem is that each of these manufacturers come up with their own little front end. The IS Space one's terrible. One X Player one's terrible. Like all of them are pretty bad. It's like death by a thousand cuts. Like we just need one. And uh, yeah, right now, like before the Armory Crate like came out for the ROG Ally, my my usual go to was just to use Steam Big Picture mode and then add all the other things that I wanted to launch in Steam as a non-Steam game. And so if I wanted to open up Yuzu or whatever, then I would launch it through there. Now, Emudec is coming out for Windows. That's going to be my Sunday video, actually, as a guide for that. And that'll simplify it how it is on the Steam Deck, too. So that way, within Steam, you can also launch your retro games like directly through it. So that's going to be awesome, too. But again, it's like... Uh, it's it's a, I have to make a guide for it. You know, it's not going to be something intuitive, and so uh, it's there's no solution to it. But I do think that Armory Crate is one of those where I almost feel like I can stay within that ecosystem, which is pretty awesome. I'm yeah, really excited I, go for. Ahead. Uh, sorry, I'm really excited for MU Deck on on Windows because that's my that was my favorite uh, front end and experience for installing. You just click a button and everything's there. It's freaking right. awesome. So I yeah, want and it works. Windows so it, bad. It works very, very similarly. So we, you have the same kind of setup, and he's got this new kind of thing. I forgot what he's calling it, like Game Center or something. But basically, you can run a batch file that when you start up Windows, before the Windows desktop loads, it'll load Emu Deck instead or Steam. 
And so at that point, before you get to any of the other processes oh. that really bog down the Windows experience, you'll just launch into a Steam console, which will then have all your retro stuff and games available without all the back end stuff loading up. And then when you close out of it, then it'll boot into the Windows desktop. That's so awesome. And you're not going to have to like you don't ha- like he's going to put Russ out of business because he's not going to be able to make guides. Like when I got my Steam Deck, I just installed EmuDeck and it was so easy. And then when I bought my shoot my Retroid Pocket Flip, like I had to go to Russ's videos in in uh, his website retrogamecore.com and like yeah. go through and then. I was really lazy, so I even had to, like, I sent Russ a message. Hey, man, I can't figure this this stuff out. What do I do? And he's like, just, he copied and pasted parts from his from his guide and, and sent it to me so that I would read it again because I wasn't doing it right the first time. Um, yes. I, I, like, I haven't put any emulation stuff on the Ally yet yeah. because I'm waiting for EmuDeck because that's going to make, it's just going to make it so much, so much easier. Kyle. Yeah. You're a little more hackery than than I am. So, do you care about EmuDeck coming, or are you like I'm just going to do it my way anyway? No, I care about it. Uh, I use EmuDeck on my uh, Steam Deck, despite uh, despite knowing how to set all the emulators up and everything. It is just that easy. You don't have to worry about anything. You just press update, go. Which is one of my favorite things about the the Linux experience versus the Windows experience. Um, I hate the going into every app and updating it or going to random web pages and downloading exe files. I hate that. So just having the one to go is is the best case scenario in my opinion. Yeah, and I was like I was talking about the the um, retroid pocket flip. Um, like I had to go in and do a whole bunch of stuff and nothing was like, like I couldn't get certain games to load because I probably didn't put the BIOS in the right place. Um, and you don't have to do any of that when you've got EmuDeck. And I know that they're, Russ, they're working on EmuDeck for Android, aren't they? But it's a little yeah. restricted because Android's a little more closed down than 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 the other operating systems. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit different because you can't like make an EmuDeck app in the App Store because of the requirements for the permissions and whatnot. And so he actually was working on that first before even the Steam Deck launch. We were working together on that. He wasn't calling it EmuDeck back then, obviously. But uh, yeah, so that's also in the works is to have an Android version and Mac at some point, too. Oh, nice. Mac, too. Awesome. All right. Um, so real quick, in uh, Beyond ESP joined, and I just, I just unfavorited their their comments so i can't find it now they asked if we had compared uh here it is join late did they compare the gdp win products win for win max etc um fox i know that you uh do a lot of gpd stuff um of of those like what's your favorite gdp uh device so uh, I'm definitely more in the WinMax territory. Uh, it's not a lot of people. They, there's a forever debate if there's a real handhelds or not. I consider them the re- real handhelds. Uh, I'm actually using it right now. So it's connected to my 4090 right now through Oculink. Uh, so it is uh, by far the most versatile uh, and complete solution that I need so that it's my laptop when I need it to be and it's my handheld when I need it to be. Um, so by far, I am that. But I know a lot of people have... Uh, Concerns that it's too large, so the Win 4 is actually a really nice device for how small it is. Um, I'm really looking forward to the GPD Win Mini that's coming out, which looks to be the only pocketable type of device with a 7840U coming uh, relatively soon. Uh, so here's a question for the panel. Do you guys think these uh, these devices come out too often? 
Rich? Oh, oh hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a chorus and I'm singing with this chorus. I agree. Yeah, it's it's way too much for me to, to keep up with. Uh, Russ's mental health is deteriorating because it's of so the, overwhelming. <laughs> the yeah. pace. Yeah, I can't imagine that for consumers. It's easy to keep up with. Um, yeah, it, it's too much. And specifically, the problem that I had, I made a video, I got a lot of backlash for it. I, I made a video for, it was basically a one X player review. And I think it was titled, they keep making these. <laughs> and it was just me putting those feelings like on display, uh, which I think, you know, maybe a reviewer isn't supposed to do. So that's kind of why I got the backlash, but it was like the feeling I was getting specifically from that particular handheld was that there wasn't anything to separate this from the bunch. And it, it must be tough to be a handheld manufacturer and try to make something that separates it from the bunch, but you kind of have to at this point. What what separates, and that's why I love GPD, regardless of which one is my favorite. I love that GPD always has a distinct personality to their handhelds with having keyboards or something like that. It may not be a handheld or maybe a handheld. You can have that debate, but a GPD is a GPD, and, and I, I like that about it. So... When I say, do they come out too too often? Obviously, the answer is yes. I mean, what's the right cadence for one company to release devices? Because you know, we get we get companies like Ioneo that has like the Ioneo, Ioneo Next, Ioneo Odin Loki Plus. You know, they got all these different <laughs> things. I don't even I could not tell you what the latest one is. And then we got like Valve. They brought out the Steam Deck. They're like, it's going to be years before we bring out the next Steam Deck. So what do you guys think is the right cadence for devices like this from one company to update to the next iteration? Kyle, do you have an opinion on that? Uh, yeah, I would say probably uh, once every two or three years. Um, I think that keeps that meets a good balance of keeping on the cutting edge and being able to actually support your products. Um, and for that reason, I think that w that's why we see so many, um, giant leaps in, uh, for instance, like Mac performance, they only release them every couple of years. So you get this massive performance boost every time and it feels substantial and they can support their products. So I think, I think that's what I'm going to stick with. Can I jump uh, in for a second? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I don't think they can do that because they learn from their mistakes and the mistakes are the devices they release. You know what I mean? And so they, they need us to basically be beta testers That's every three point. months when they release a new one. The fact that Bill like confused Ioneo and AYN, which is a very easy thing to confuse. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he said Loki with Ioneo, like that says so much about how many of these things are saturating the market. But I, I, each of these companies need to learn from their mistakes and to learn from them, they have to release like devices. Whereas we as consumers are just seeing every three weeks, there's a new one. And so uh, it's, it's too much. Yeah. But I just, I don't see like valve can do it. They can, they can spend years and ACES can too, right? They can spend years getting it right and then releasing a device and then getting all that testing feedback and make another one. Ioneo can't do that. They just like, okay, here's another new idea. Let's throw this one out there. See how this one works. Okay. Next. As, and and as yeah. a, as a counterpoint, I would say that that would be fine if they weren't charging $1,500 for a device for right. you to beta test. No, I agree. <laughs> also, if they were learning from their mistakes, because a lot of times yeah, it feels like they're <laughs> regressing when they release yeah. something new. Right. Ambernick is the worst when it comes to that. They release, they're, they're doing a 6840U or 7840U handheld 701, Win 701, and they... 
they don't know what they're doing. Like I am so worried about that. They're going to charge $1,200 for that thing. And it's going <laughs> to have so many dumb issues with it because they don't listen to people and they don't learn from their mistakes. Oh, that's terrible. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Yeah, that was yeah and they all start They all start with A. Uh, I, had a I had this conversation with my friend Emilio. Right. I, uh, Ayn, Ambernick, uh, Ally, like it's... It's not, yeah. dude. It's it's nineteen eighties phone book, phone yellow book, book strats. Mm. That's it. Just yeah. everything A, double A, triple A, whatever. It's just nineteen eighties right. yellow book strats. That's all. I don't know why that they're still doing it that way because it hasn't been a thing. But yeah, uh, it's a weird thing that I've noticed as well. Uh, it, so, you know, Rich, are are you ready for a new Steam Deck as the as the Steam Deck guy? Are you ready? No, no, not at all. So I definitely want it to be sometime between a Steam Deck and a Steam Deck 2. I don't know what the right amount of time is. My gut feeling says at least three years. Um, here's my thing. I think that Deck Verified already has problems. And I wish I wish that they would solve them before we get to a Steam Deck 2. But regardless, Deck Verified is meant to target one specific SKU. Um, and if we introduce a Steam Deck 2, it gets muddied very quickly. And so I would like a Steam Deck 2 in a couple of years, and I would like for Deck Verified to take that into account somehow and for it to still be clear when a game is compatible with the Steam Deck 1 versus a game being compatible with the Steam Deck 2. Bob, you, you looking to get a, a new Steam Deck, or are you just happy to have it sit the way it is? I really kind of want... Um, uh, a sleeker, more like thinner, more streamlined Steam Deck. I really don't think we need touch pads on the Steam Deck. It's just like a waste of space. <laughs> but but uh, I do want them to take a little. I do want them to take a little bit of time on it. I don't want them to release it anytime soon. And I think Valve can do that because they sell the software. They get you in their ecosystem. They'll make money on the software for a long time. I think all these other hardware companies are hardware companies, so they feel like they have to make money on the hardware and keep churning out these things and that's why we yep. see part of why we see so many of them because they can't make money after they sell you the hardware that that's it right. they have to sell you another hardware right uh, it, i i think for like ambernick and 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 ein and all these other companies i think the bare minimum should be a year yearly make a new console and, and if you want to try some fun new things do it yearly or have them be really different very very different and they just have not been doing that because they want to try to make as much money as possible and when you name them put a number after them so we know which one's the newest one because i can't <laughs> keep track of this stuff uh yeah, put G a number and then a plus and then a minus and no then, uh, <laughs> you ruined it <laughs> i would uh, be okay with with like just a mini right like or, or some sort of iteration on the existing steam deck it's the same power profile all of that but maybe you get a bezel-less oled screen and you have no trackpads so a smaller profile i think that would be great yeah 
Uh, we had a super chat come in from Jason. Uh, thank you very much for that. They said, when are we going to see an OLED, a seven to eight inch handheld other than the Switch? The performance on all three, all of these is great, but I need that OLED screen. Um, Carrie, how important is OLED to you? Oh, super important. Like, it's critical. Um, I've been asking for this for a while. When Nintendo made their OLED one, I actually reached out to GPD and I was like, dude, if you guys can get like B stock of this panel please get it immediately and just shove it into anything uh but even since it's come out i have not seen any uh real b grade stock of switch oled panels uh, you look at the replacement cost of oled panels for the switch and they're still very high so it, it's uh cost prohibitive for them to use these types of panels oled is extremely huge actually i have a um a video that i'm going to be doing soon for the ally for bfi uh black frame insertion uh, so if you go, go anything over like uh, 60 hertz, you can do like 120 hertz and do BFI. Uh, OLED looks sick with BFI. If you want to get something that's close to like CRT type of clarity uh, on your eyes, it's just like the absolute best. And the Ally can do it. Uh, so I'm going to be doing that a video on that. But um, yeah, so OLED is supreme. OLED is king. And um, uh, I'm in agreement. Kyle, OLED, you, you, you really want OLED or are you okay with LCD, especially if it's a little cheaper? Um, I would like OLED in the next generation. Um, I don't think it's a, as critical as uh, Kerry was saying, but I would like to see it. Um, <laughs> Fight! I, <laughs> uh, I mean, the, pr the prices are already out of control for a lot of these things. All The whole PC market is crazy right now. So jacking up the price for an OLED screen that only some people are going to care about is probably not, not a great idea right now, at least. So There's I think OLED is... Ahead, I think that OLED's an amazing idea for the Steam Deck because of the lower resolution on the Steam Deck. I mean, like the Nintendo Switch OLED looks so glorious, even though it's still 720p. And so I think that's a really good way to refresh like that kind of feeling of the Steam Deck is to give it that OLED panel. I'm the same way. Like I, I, I it's cool for like two seconds when I first use it, but then my eyes just adjust to it, and I don't really notice the difference anymore when I'm playing OLED. And so, but I do think that that will probably be one of the benefits if we do go OLED with the Steam Deck Mini or whatever. Bob, do you appreciate OLED or, or are you somebody like Russ that's like, ah, that's really cool. All right, moving on with my life. You know, I used to say that I didn't appreciate it. Like, whatever, it's cool. Like, uh, it, it's not that big of a deal. But now I start to miss it when I don't have it. Like when I see a mm. uh, display like the Steam Decks and I'm playing a game that's got a really dark contrast and you could, it's like all gray and washed out because it's mm -hmm. not in OLED and, and I end up missing, you know, my cool looking Switch. <laughs> <laughs> but th that being said, if it's significantly cheaper to not include OLED, I'm fine with that, too, as long as I'm benefiting in some way. Uh, can I just step in really quick? Bob, I just want to say thank you so much for your video on the work you've done on the OLED, showing it just on that static <laughs> screen burning. forever. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, awesome. When great. you did that video, I was like, thank goodness. <laughs> so that was a that was a, 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 a I'm, I'm very appreciative that you did yeah, that. It's yeah, still <laughs> it's really yeah. bad. It's gotten really bad. <laughs> When's the, next, uh, when's the next video coming out for that? Uh, maybe at a year. People keep asking me about it, and it's just so boring to make a video. Like, here it is. It's worse. You know? <laughs> I think you should sign off. You know, every video, Bob always says, oh, God. Wow. Yeah, oh, yeah. You yeah. can see it. It's much yeah. worse in real life. But, it's but how many hours is that out now? It was the week that it came out. So what year was that? Was that? That was 2021. October 2021 was when it started. 
that's a bunch Damn. of hours. That's like fine wow. by me. For, I mean, yeah, that's like yeah. I mean, I I don't yeah. even know if I would uh you know send this in if it was like this. Like I, you could probably play a game and only see it a little bit. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm just really appreciative of the video because it was just definitive proof that we needed because there's always like this always online argument of whenever OLED came in, they're like, burn in. Uh, so I just feel like that's been uh, a, a fantastic example. So thank you very much for your work. Thank, thank you for, for, for that. I, 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 a part of me really wanted it to last like a week. <laughs> just, like, just look horrible after that week. But it's been it's been over a year it's, it's, and it's doing great. I I consider it doing great. Nobody is going to use their a a, a device for that long. Yeah, like that many hours. It's just it's it's a crazy amount to have that little amount of burn in. It's so impressive. It it definitely settled some arguments for sure. And it was a concern to me because you look at you know like old like Android phones and people get like the thumbprint scanner like burned in and stuff. So I was like, oh, this thing's going to burn in, no problem. But no, OLED, OLED technology has gotten really good. Um, yes. I was kind of shocked by it. Uh, we got another super chat came in from Emma Stone. They said the trackpads, I'm, I'm with them, I'm, <laughs> Akana, not Emma. I'm with Akana because Bob was blaspheming a little bit ago. Uh, the trackpads are one of the most important things on the deck. It allows a larger game compatibility. I doubt uh, Valve will drop it, thank goodness, in my opinion. What game? Think- what game are you playing? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing are you doing your taxes on your steam deck why do you need that you know i have played programming puzzle games on the steam deck so <laughs> nerd <laughs> it, it looks the Solaris same it looks the factorial. same like yeah yeah factorial it's great it looks the same as doing uh your taxes on a steam deck so yes I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I personally like it for, and I can't name a specific game, but games that are made with a keyboard and mouse in mind, uh, where you're like, okay, you got to press the M key to open the map, and then the P key to open this, and you got all these different buttons that you press, and you can just, I, you map them to the trackpad as like a little menu that pops up, which is super, super useful. Uh, so that's really what I use it for. I don't use it so much for like mouse control in games, and but. You know, Bob is right. The number of games that that's super important for are few and far between. But it, when when you have it and it comes in clutch, you're like, yeah, that was freaking cool. When you can put your thumb on there and a little menu pops up, it's always satisfying. And I really thought when the Steam Deck first got announced, I thought that they would do that with the touchscreen, too. Yeah. Where mm. you could put your thumb on the touchscreen and have a menu pop up around your thumb. That would be a good way to get rid of the trackpads. Uh, in order to make the Steam Deck, uh, the Steam Deck Slim or whatever it is that 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 you were saying before, Bob. Um, anybody else have? Fa- Go ahead, Rich. You were about yeah. to say something. Yeah, my namesake Ricardo Williams pointed out the Mario Galaxy plays Mario. Mario, we can start that debate here too. <laughs> <laughs> Mario Galaxy works better with the trackpads. So Wii emulation—that's a good one for trackpads. I like I like Wii yeah. emulation and trackpads. Yeah. All right, combo. take that, Bob. <laughs> what, what, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Let's do it. Yeah. Does the Steam have motion control? Does the Steam Deck have motion controls? Actually, yeah, it has gyro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It does. So why? What the? So do that. <laughs> do you think that? I, I find the aiming to for Mario Galaxy specically. I think the aiming is better with the trackpad than gyro. I mean, I haven't tried it. I haven't yeah, tried I can't it. stand the gyro game, personally. Yeah. You know. The the only games that I want to use a mouse and keyboard for are 
games like uh, uh, Neon White is like a game where I yes. gotta use a mouse yeah, keyboard, yeah, 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 and yeah. Uh, Valorant, which doesn't even work on basically any of these handhelds anyway. Um, mm. And you need a mouse and keyboard. You, you, a trackpad just isn't gonna cut it. So that's sure. like my cutoff in my brain is like, I'm either using a controller or I'm using a mouse and keyboard. I want nothing to do with this trackpad. But I also Wait, don't play like RTSs and, mm -hmm. and, and like Diablo and stuff like that. Maybe maybe it'll open my mind if I play a demo of that on the Steam Deck with the trackpad, <laughs> but I, I'm not too sure. No, it wouldn't because Diablo is way better with the controller anyway, and everybody right. in chat can yell at me that because I, I'm saying that. <laughs> uh, all right. Anybody else have uh, handheld experiences that they want to talk about before we move on to the news for not very long? Okay. Let's move on. Yeah. I uh, got a super chat that came in. Uh, any thoughts on Mac gaming? We just had that announcement from... Uh, thank you very much for the super chat, Academy Abidi. I'm screwing up your name badly, uh, but we got that uh, announcement that Apple, like they kind of snuck in. They're kind of doing a Proton style of thing. Do we think that that's actually going to end up with more games on Mac in the future? Um, Rich, what do you think? So. The thing I'm not clear about, and I think I'm, I have a guess that Kyle can answer this, is whether or not these run without some sort of extra compilation step. Like, it seems like the developers are supposed to choose to port their game to a Mac using mm -hmm. these tools, and not just that all these games can just all of a sudden work on a Mac using these tools. So that's the part I'm confused about. If it can just work. I think that there are plenty of people out there that just own a Mac, and this opens them up to being able to play games. But I don't think that's the case from what I saw. It it, it can just work, but there's overhead with the the translation layer, and then I guess the translation layer requires Rosetta as well. So that's another translation layer, and so I think like games that I, the, look the M the M one and M two Max are ridiculously powerful, and they were not doing well they were getting like 15 frames per second in cyberpunk 2077 so um which i know that's a pretty beefy game but these are really powerful machines and they were they were limping along um kyle you have any thoughts on 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 whether or not we'll we'll see do you think devs are going to take it take advantage of this uh, I think it's an interesting thing. Um, Apple has positioned it to be a tool for developers to boot their existing games and see if it's worth porting to Mac. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like it's supposed to be like a permanent one-size-fits-all run this like uh, Proton is. And uh, I think that's probably the most Apple move I've heard in the past 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't I don't love it, but I, I think that it will probably let some people see that people are trying to game on Mac. So I would say there might be a spike in indie development on Mac, but not necessarily like big AAA games or something. Do you that think makes this a lot opens of sense. the door for uh, like homebrew stuff? Like somebody could make some sort of tool to make that conversion a little bit easier? Uh, possibly. It. I haven't looked into the Metal API, so I'm not sure what the pro porting process is, but it's possible they could, especially given the source code. Um, they might learn how to do that better than they previously knew how. Said, See, um, I think that they wouldn't want, like, Apple doesn't want that to happen, though, because they don't 
care about gaming unless it's sold on their store. Uh, so uh, don't take my word for this or quote me on this, but I, I thought I recalled Heroic uh, looking to uh, achieve this through their launcher. Wow, that would be really cool. Yeah. I, I wouldn't expect yeah, it, but that, that would be really interesting. All right, uh, let's move on to, I'm so happy, like we have Bob here on the show. And like this was planned before there was a Nintendo Direct announced, and he has a podcast called the Nintendo Podcast. If you have not watched it, watch the damn thing; it's awesome, or or listen to it. However, it is you want to consume your shows. Um, let's let's move on and talk about that Direct that's going to be happening. I had to close Chrome because my computer couldn't do anything, so <laughs> I don't know when things are anymore. I'm just going from memory. Um, when is the Direct? Does anybody know? It is uh, tomorrow. tomorrow, June 21st at, I can't do math, 10 a.m. Eastern. Okay, yeah. so 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, Bob, do you have any predictions about the Nintendo Direct or hopes and dreams instead? <laughs> this kind of came out of left field. I mean, it shouldn't have because it's like kind of when E3 was supposed to be. So like they were probably going to have something anyway. Um I don't know. I have no idea. There's a rumor that there's going to be a 2D Mario game, which would be very nice. I, that's the thing that I'm very interested in. Um, I'm really hoping, selfishly, for some maybe like a new Nintendo 64 game for Nintendo Switch Online, just because I got a video coming out on Thursday oh, on the Nintendo 64 controller. So that would be sick. <laughs> um, but I also think there's a rumor that they're porting, uh, not porting, they're launching some big uh, uh Super Nintendo game or 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 something like a remake. Yeah, so that's the word. Uh, <laughs> so otherwise, I have no idea. I think it's going to be a lot of Pikmin Four, and people are probably going to be largely disappointed because it's a it's a you know Nintendo Direct. Everybody's always disappointed, but I I think that uh, Nintendo isn't really going to announce anything too big because I think they're holding out for a, a next console sometime, like next year. Do, do you guys think we finally get our hands on the 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 thing that's been rumored for ages, and that's that Zelda collection, uh, so that we then have uh, what are the ones that we're missing right now? All the ones that Bob hates. Oh, that's all. That's every one of them. All right. So all the ones that Bob hates. Uh, so do you guys think we'll finally get that Zelda collection for the Switch this year? Seeing as how it's the year of Zelda, Carrie. I, I certainly hope so. So like we we're talking about like Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD that yeah, basically like, and then the one, Wii U version, right? Yeah. Uh, I would love it if they came to Switch. I have the Wii U versions, but my Wii U is like packed away, so I don't really have that anywhere available. I guess I could just emulate it if I really wanted to. I would rather it come to the Switch. I think it should. Um, that's yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> Kyle is our uh, local uh, Zelda super fan. Are, are you buying that day one, or you, you're like, I played these games a thousand times. I don't need to rebuy that. Uh, if it comes out, I'm buying it day one. <laughs> I don't know that it will come out. I hope that it will, but I'm buying it day one if it does. That's fair. Uh, Russ, what about you? You, you uh, have any predictions for the, um, the Nintendo Direct? I'm very interested to hear about that Super Nintendo remake and what it's going to be. I've heard rumblings that it might be Chrono Trigger. Um, but I don't, I, I don't love to see an F Zero. Like that's don't what I really to like to see. Uh, <laughs> Carrie, so, yeah, I'm calling you out, Carrie. This was great in the middle of the day because I'm sitting there grading tests, right? 
Uh, and Carrie sends a message. He's like, guys, there's a Chrono Trigger remake coming. I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. And I went back to what I was doing. And then a, a few minutes later, never mind. This is not yeah. credible. And it was just <laughs> yeah. a bunch of just stuff. Read through it and going through worse it. Worse and worse. Yeah. Someone linked it to me like, it's happening. And I read them like, oh. Because they said like a Nintendo Direct was coming, and I, I looked at the blog post, and I was like, "Did, did they did they call the Direct? Do they know something?" And I'm like reading through some of the blog posts. These guys just full of it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded great though. HD 2D Chrono Trigger. I would love that. That would be fantastic. Oh man, that would be amazing. <laughs> I, I mean, especially I, for me because I've never played the original Chrono. Well, okay, I played the first 20 minutes of Chrono Trigger. I never played the whole game, so I want to play it in HD 2D. Yeah. Absolutely. What were you saying, Carrie? Uh, no, no. Um, uh, it, I'm a big fan of Chrono Trigger. It's a little bit hard to play today because of all like the, the, the just the the type of JRPG that it is. I loved it when I was a kid when I played it. Um, I would love that. I'm a big, big fan of 2D HD games. Like every 2D HD game that comes out, no matter what it is, Octopath Traveler or uh, Triangle Strategy. Uh, I'm just, I love it. Or uh, Live, I'll Live, uh, however you pronounce that. Yeah. Um, yeah, huge fan of just the style. And I, for whatever reason, I, it's basically the same mechanics, but I still just love going through it. Um, so yeah, if it was Chrono Trigger 2D HD remade, I would be flipping. That would be awesome. Rich, there's a tweet. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, there's a tweet out there that I love that it's like, these games are neither HD nor 2D, and that's what we call them. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's true. They're, they're neither of those things. But I still like the name. It's a good name. Yeah. Well, I love, the, I love the lighting effects in those Octopath games, so give me more 2D games that look like that because they're just gorgeous. Please. I just want the – I really – you know what I really want to see? I want to see, like, a Paper Mario in that style with that lighting effects. I think that would look – Really fantastic. You know what else would look fantastic is not my prediction, but my wish list. And it, you know what? It may happen because I just got an OLED switch, it, an OLED switch light, because that's what I would really want is an OLED switch light. And if Nintendo can say, hey, we can sell people another thing that they've already bought 12 times, then that's what they're going to do. Um, would we get another video from you, Bob, about the switch light so you can have a new <laughs> thumbnail? <laughs> I mean, you know what? If it's, I mean, I would definitely make a video on it no matter what. But if it's a different panel, it might be worth doing another two-year-long yeah. test. percent. I mean, the next time Nintendo makes it makes a device, and if it has OLED, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna have a million of these things laying around now on all of the time. My power bill is gonna go through the roof. <laughs> Are you gonna put them in the oven though? Maybe yeah. if, if Nintendo tweets again that you're not supposed to put it out in the heat, I'm putting it. In, I'm doing exactly what they say not to do. That was great. Uh, so real quick, we got a super chat from Nicholas Chi. They said gyro and flick stick our steam controllers completely changed my gaming habits for the better. What novel controllers or controller features are you guys looking for? And we're going to be wrapping up pretty soon. So we're going to have to go fast. Russ, is there any, different controllers that you really really love so you know i, I kind of follow more traditional routes but there is a new game sir uh controller that's coming out this is like the g7 se they just announced it the other day and it's going to be the first xbox controller with like hall sensor sticks and triggers and so that's going to be kind of amazing uh but i've heard that they've gotten rid of the buttons and i think that Carrie did a video on the game Sir G7, didn't like the buttons, but I do. They're like mini arcade buttons, so they're very clicky and like feel like a mouse click, and so I really like those, but I think they got rid of them and did um, 
just the typical like rubber membrane. So not, not it's not innovative in any way, but I do like the fact that it's like all the features in one uh, for an Xbox controller. So that's kind of awesome for me. Bob, you make videos about controllers all the time. Is there is there what what, would you, what features would your perfect controller have? I, I'm a sucker for a nice thick click. I look for <laughs> that tactile feedback. I want it to push up against me when I'm pressing it. I want to know when I've pressed it. So I really like like the the Razer Edge came with the new Kishi, and that has like mouse clicks in it, and that feels yeah the same awesome. same buttons that I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I you know that, that comes from you know where that comes from, right? It comes from your experience in New York pizzeria arcades. You needed to like push down as hard <laughs> so as possible on those. Is caked in, exactly, so. absolutely. You got to break that's... the seal when you want to play. <laughs> a thousand percent. Yes, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's what I look for. I look for a nice click. Yeah. Ha- have you guys seen this controller before? Oh and for the audio listeners, I'm holding up the alpaca controller. That looks like you printed that. It is a yeah. 3D printed controller. It's got a scroll wheel instead of a right stick. It has two gyros in it. Uh, I made a video on this a while back, but it and the 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 area between the face buttons is capacitive. So all of your mouse looking, it's made for PCs. All of your mouse looking is is done with gyro. When it sounds terrible, but it is unbelievably um intuitive as you start playing it because you can do make little tiny motions but you can also make big sweeping motion because it has two gyros and um i just so has any any raise your hand if anybody's seen this or used it before I've seen it yes Not okay used it. nobody but me has used this thing you guys got to check this thing out it's crazy so watch it later <laughs> uh what's that bob i couldn't hear you I, sorry i just pulled up your video so i can watch it later oh okay uh, so the alpaca thing, I think it's really cool. They've, they've got some really good ideas. I love the idea of a scroll wheel on a on a controller. And I've seen a lot of people talk about having sc- scroll wheels as your bumpers. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be cool as one more one more input to make make it w- even more complicated for new <laughs> new gamers to learn. That's um, possible. <laughs> All right. Uh, anybody else have uh, favorite controllers uh, or uh, controller features that they really would like to see in in controllers? Raise your hand or, or just start going. All right. Uh, we got one last uh, super chat. This one's directly from Car- or to Carrie. They said, Carrie, you need to try Chained Echoes. I don't know why they're calling you out, man, but uh, you I actually play. started playing Chained Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Chained Echo. I've played, I put like about eight hours into it. Um, and then bounced off of it not because i didn't like it but yeah uh thank you for the shout out i do enjoy it uh, i just need there's, to finish it there's a demo for sea of stars today too so if anybody's interested in sea of stars alongside that chain chained echoes recommendation now's your time to try it well that's right because it's steam next fest isn't it yep uh anybody have any demos that other than chained echoes and sea of stars that you guys think people need to try out viewfinder that was the one i haven't tried it yet but viewfinder for sure is it like, like when when I, when we were kids, the viewfinder? No, it's like he, a per- perspective puzzle game. So like, like oh. a uh, MC really Escher cool. kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, really cool. Check it out. Awesome. Anybody else have demos that they want to shout out real quick? Okay. I played Final Fantasy 16. That was awesome. Not on next. <laughs> <but that was laughs> awesome. I want to play that. I want to play it, but I'm gonna wait and. 
I just have too many friggin' games to play. Uh, Dan the Red Devil says Lies of P, uh, yes. which I have oh, not yeah. tried, but I think I think uh, Russ, you said or not Russ, damn it, I did it again. Rich, you said that you played it on your Steam Deck and the performance was pretty good. No, Noah did. So Steam Deck oh, HQ, okay. he played it on the Steam Deck, and he said it worked well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. It's uh, it, it, um, just a huge thank you to Bob for joining us on the show today. Thanks Bob, can you tell everybody me. where everybody knows where your stuff is, but tell them tell them where to find it anyway, because you know maybe somebody's never heard of you, which is ridiculous. Uh, Wolfden spelt W U L F F. Everywhere, anywhere, wherever you want. That's fine. <laughs> Do you also have W U L L F? Just no. in case, you should, that would be smart. Or, or W L F. Mm. People misspell my name all different ways, and it's not their fault. It's spelled stupidly. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so make sure you guys head on over to Wolf Den and click subscribe and all the other social media garbages he likes to say. Carrie, uh, where can people find all of your stuff? Uh, I'm on the Fox on YouTube. And you, nobody knows how to spell that one either. Uh, that's P H A W X uh, yep. on on YouTube. Uh, Russ is going to spell something for us. I'm at Retro Game Core, and that's C O R P S, like Marine Corps. Yeah. <laughs> and Rich, where where can people find all of your stuff? Fan the deck on YouTube. Fan the deck, and Kyle. Yep. Uh, Cryobite thirty three. I'll spell too. C R Y O B Y T E thirty three. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find all of my stuff over at the Nerd Nest. Thank you guys so much for coming and hanging out with us uh, for the live show. And I want to apologize to everybody for my computer not quite being able to handle six people at the same time uh, recording and uh, streaming at the same time. So uh, if uh, if there's some some hiccups in it, that's why. But thank you to everybody for being here for the show. And uh, we will see you guys on the next one. Until then, stay right, everybody.